so, you know, my thing was rethinking and redesigning your life after 40, you know, because so many things happened to me after 40. I got married. I had children and started this new business and had been, you know, through this journey. And when you become 40, I firmly believe that everyone has a story. You know, you may not be where you want to be, but you have a story that you can share. And I love that I'm able to connect with women, again, who are, you know, in their 40s and they have like their perfect on paper, but they, you know, they want, they want a partner and they want children. And so I'm able to really connect with them. Like, Hey, just, just, you know, slow down for a minute and really teaching them how to date and date the right way. I'm Talia, and welcome to the Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, and relationships. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Tamika Michelle Johnson. She's an attorney, a podcast host, a female empowerment speaker for high-achieving, educated, successful women near or over 40 years old who are bosses by day but unfulfilled in other areas of their life. Michelle went from being broke single mother at 25 years old to a financially successful attorney, but at 40 years old, she was lonely and depressed after being in a 10-year unhealthy relationship. She went through a transformation that made it possible for her to be married in less than a year and had a baby a year after that at the age of 41, and another baby at 43. At 44 years old, Tamika now empowers other amazing women to rethink and redesign their lives after 40 in love, relationships, and career. Welcome, Tamika. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I am as well. I'm so glad we we reconnected. Yes. So um, just for everyone listening, there was a, um, we were meant to record this a while back, and I had a bit of a mental health crisis during our very long lockdowns. So um, thank you so much for hanging in there and, and coming back to, to record this with me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I, um, I wanted to get you on the show because I just absolutely love your story. And for everyone listening, can you explain a little bit about uh, your story? Because I think you're going to explain it a lot better than me reading it out. <laughs> Sure. So this is definitely all, you know, relationship based. And um, when I was young, um, there were a couple of things that I wanted out of life, right? I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to get married and I wanted to have children and I wanted it in that order. And I wanted it all in my 20s. Well, suffice it to say, I am in my mid 40s and I've had a couple children after 40 and didn't get married until I was 40. So <laughs> there was a lot of things that happened um, from my initial thought, what I thought was going to happen in life and what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I graduated college, before I went to law school, I was dating for a couple of years. I was what the kids say now, I was adulting um, for a couple of years. I had a job. Um, and I was dating, but I was not doing really well in the dating arena. I just kind of felt like, wow, the dating scene I hear like really sucks. So <laughs> I was thinking, okay, well, maybe it's just because I'm not an attorney yet. And then when I become an attorney, I will have like all these choices of men, of quality men, successful men, because I'll be in the same arena. And so I didn't go to law school or finish law school like I thought I was. After my first year of law school, 
I ended up getting pregnant and I had a baby. So I was a, a single parent. That just totally blew my mind, right? So now I'm single. Um, but, you know, kind of did not let that stop me. A couple of years later, you know, I finished law school, um, got licensed as an attorney. How old were you then when you had your baby? I was 25. And that was un- un- unplanned pregnancy? It was unplanned. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It was... Um, but someone that I knew for about two and a half years, we were in a consistently con- inconsistent relationship. <laughs> I love that so. very perfectly put. Yeah. I think we, if you we're know all what that means, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, we kind of got together. We knew each other for a couple of years. And then, yes, yeah, so I got pregnant. We weren't purposely trying to get pregnant. Um, I actually was on birth control when we first started dating. And then as I was getting older, I was like, well, I'm going to get off of birth control for the person that I'm going to be with. And I just kind of wanted to get my body ready. I wasn't getting it ready for him. I didn't think I was, but it happened. So um, by the time I was 29, actually, let me say right before I got licensed, I was working and I was waiting for my bar results and I was traveling. And so I currently live in Atlanta, but I'm originally from Connecticut and I was traveling and I was staying in Connecticut and I just had an epiphany one night. I was just kind of like in the hotel room and it was almost like I was back home. And so all these feelings kind of came back to like where I was from. And I was just kind of thinking, I was like, wow, like I'm single AF, (laughs) right? And everyone, <laughs> right? Yep. And everyone that I meet, whether it's male or female, they're like, why are you still single? Um, like you're smart, you're attractive, you're funny, you're witty, like all these other things, right? And I'm like, yeah, like why am I still single? Like I could not figure it out. And I heard it repeatedly. And so I was kind of like back to where I was from in this hotel room. And then it just all came like to me at one point. Like I realized why I was not with anyone. I realized I was not emotionally connecting with men. And that actually came from the way that I was raised. When I was growing up, my father, when he would take me to school, we all loved those talks with our parents going to school, (laughs) those lectures. He would say things to me like, you know, Tamika, men are logical and women are emotional. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it is. And he said that to me repeatedly. He would say that the decisions that men make are more reliable because they're based on logic. And the decisions that women make, they're not as reliable because they're based on emotions. And so I heard this repeatedly and I didn't know it at the time, but I was subconsciously processing it as, okay, well, emotions are bad. And so I kind of suppressed my feelings and emotions. So I was able to communicate and have good conversations with people, but like on an emotional level, I wasn't connecting because I kind of buried that, right? So I realized that like I could be like dating someone when it came to something really serious or someone had a problem or an issue, I just was not emotionally available to them because I had, you know, cut that off. And when I was in that hotel room that night, when I was about 28, 29, I realized that. Um, And I was like, wow, this is why I'm not connecting. Like I didn't really cry. I just didn't get like too attached to anyone. And so I was like, okay. And that was like one of the greatest feelings, right? Because it was something that I could put my finger on and I could make changes. And I did. So now I'm like crying like a baby 
after that. <laughs> awesome. It wasn't that bad. But I mean, <laughs> shortly <laughs> after that, though, <laughs> I was in a relationship. Wow. Okay. It was not the right relationship, but I was definitely more open. I was way more teachable and emotional and all of that. It just was not with the right person. And I did with a, what a lot of women do is, especially if we have like a blockage of some sort, we figure something out. We're so excited. And we put all this information, everything that we learned, and we try to apply it to the first person that shows some genuine interest in us and that we have some interest in them. So I was so excited. So I put all that into him. And it just was not the right person. He was not a bad person. He just was coming out of his own 16-year marriage with three kids, no job, no money. (laughs) And I kind of stayed with it. So, you know, from one perspective, I was in a relationship, but it was in an unhealthy relationship. I always wanted to have more children. Like I said, he came to the relationship with three children already. He did not want to have any more children. He didn't think he was going to get divorced either. I really think we spent like the next 10 years. I was trying to convince him to have more children. He was trying to convince me to not have more children or not Mm -hmm. to want to have any more children. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the 10 years, I didn't have any children. So I'm not sure who won or who lost, (laughs) but I didn't have any children. Can I ask you a question? Why, Why was he not planning on getting divorced? No, like period. When he got married, he thought he was going to be married forever. And so he had three children and he was like, okay, that's good. Like in the marriage. So he actually ended up getting a vasectomy. Um, And so we met and Uh, early on, he was going through a divorce and he was going through like child custody issues and all of that. And so very early on, he was like, well, since I'm not in my kids' lives, like I want to be, maybe I will have more kids. And I held on to that. Like, I don't know, like what? I did not want to let that go. Right. Yeah, of (laughs) course. The reality is is he he didn't want to have any more children. He was just going through something at the time. He knew I was a good person. He was trying to keep me there. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely served some benefit in his life. Like I said, he wasn't working. He didn't have any money. And so at this point, I'm an attorney. So it made sense for him to say whatever he had to say (laughs) um, for me to kind of stay there. And, And I did. Um, and so by my mid thirties, I was doing well professionally and, you know, making six figures and all of that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was just, I was really depressed and I was really sad and I was just broken because again, he was coming out of a marriage. We were in this relationship. He'd gotten married when he was like 19 and he was very clear that he was cheating Phones were silent. Things just weren't right. But there's a thing that a lot of women have, especially if you've been successful, we are very stubborn, right? And (laughs) we think that because we've been successful in other areas of our lives, that we can turn a bad personal relationship around. And that's what I tried to do. And I was like, "Mm, nope, not giving up. Like I spent two years in this relationship, not giving up. Nope, it's been four years, not giving up. Seven years. Nope. Like I've spent seven years. I'm going to change this person. It's going to wow, be good. Yeah. And then 10 years later, it's like, oh, this is not getting any better. Yeah. And so um, I literally just felt like I could not breathe. It was so bad. It was taking the emotional toll on me. On the outside, things look good. But on the inside, I was, like I said, I was, I was dying. Pivotal point for me. So at this point I had my daughter. She was now an early teenager. And a young teen, should I say. And she's seeing a lot of 
this back and forth. I could see how the lack of stability in our home, because I had this relationship, I could see how it was affecting her. I can see that she was, she didn't have the same security that I had when I was growing up. She didn't have the confidence and I was just setting a bad example overall. Um, You know, I definitely love this person, but it was so hard to let go. Um, But I had to finally choose for me and I had to choose for my daughter. And so I, you know, I I broke it off for the umpteenth time, (laughs) but you know, that last time was, was for good. And it was the best thing that I could have ever done um, because I eventually reconnected with my now husband. Let's talk about that. Let's (laughs) talk about that. Yeah. So (laughs) um, I broke up with, you know, the long-term relationship at 40. Mm -hmm. Um, I basically, I think what happened was I was approaching 40 and I was like, you know, at 30 something, 35, 36, 38, you're like, you're trying to beat a clock. You're trying to get married before 40 because 40 just seems so old. And that's what it was for me. I think I was just trying to hang in there. I was like, I can get a ring out of this. I did get a ring out of it, but then I lost it. But <laughs> because and sometimes the I just rings didn't... not really, you realize it's not actually really what you want. You the, the ring symbolizes something, right? Yeah. It was a beautiful ring, but yeah, I didn't value it because of everything that had gone on. And I just placed it wherever and he used to complain about it. So eventually one day I just lost it. So I think um when I reached 40, there was a couple of things going on. There was the, the fact that my daughter was seeing this. There was, I had to accept the fact, okay, I'm almost 40. I'm probably not going to have any more kids. I have seen all the statistics like everyone else has seen. Every woman sees at 35 and up how hard it can be, um, all of the challenges. I even accepted the fact that perhaps I was not going to get married, but I damn sure wasn't going to get married by 40 because I'm 40. <laughs> And I think that was almost like, it was like a sense of peace. Like, okay, well, I'm, I, I didn't beat the clock. It's not going to happen. So let's just, just reset. I took some time off. And after I broke up with that, that person, um, I was kind of like in the middle of my day, just driving um, in a shopping plaza. And I'm driving and this person, like this guy, like walks in front of my car. And I'm like slamming on the brakes. I'm like, this guy is about to get hit. <laughs> And so I stopped the car and I looked at this person and I'm like, Daryl and Daryl was my now husband. I originally met like 12, 13 years before that we had dated, um, before I finished law school, kind of like on and off casually. And in, to be honest, in between some of my breakups with my ex, I would contact Daryl. Then I get back on my ex. So I'd stop talking to him. <laughs> So this time it was kind of weird. It just kind of happened. Like I, I almost bumped into him and we started, uh, we exchanged numbers again and we started dating casually. I was not in a rush to get into a relationship at that point. Um, so I was dating other people and I leveled up my dating because you can't date in your forties the way that you dated in your twenties and sometimes even in your thirties. So I had to I had to be really conscious and intentional about who I was dating, who I was letting into my space, mm-hmm. um, evaluating whether they were worthy to be around me. And I definitely saw a difference in the quality of men. But Daryl had always in the back of my mind, I always reconnected with him because I knew that he was husband material. I wasn't ready at first, but then he also wasn't saying the same things that made me think, oh, yeah, he's going to marry me. 
and he shouldn't have because we weren't even in a relationship. So, um, you know, we started, we were dating casually about eight, nine months later. I was kind of like, okay, um, we've known each other for, for a while. You know, mm-hmm. I like for us to date exclusively. And uh, it was so funny because I took him out for his birthday and they took him out to eat. We went to like a, a, um, a club, like with a live band, great dinner, got a hotel room, got a cake, everything. It was super, super nice. And so I asked him at night, you know, if he wanted to date exclusively. In my head, I thought he was going to be like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And so, yeah, <laughs> that, that's usually when like, you ask when you feel pretty confident, huh? Right, right. <laughs> so, so I did. And he was like, oh, okay. And so I'm like <laughs> laying there. I'm like, um, well, don't wait too long because, you know, I might change my mind. He was like, oh. Okay. And I was like, we know I'm a little impatient too, right? He was like, oh, okay. And that was it. Like, he did not answer me. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I think I just totally got played. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And so at this point, him and I, we would date, we'd go out like during, during the week, like for lunch, sometimes like one day on the weekend. And so like three weeks later, like I didn't bring it back up again and he didn't bring it back up. And I just refused to bring it back up. Like the question of the answer of um, us being together. Cause I know he heard what I said. And so we go out to lunch and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be the last time that we go out. Like I'm done with this. Like I'm tired of making arrangements, you know, for my daughter, you know, all that. So we're at lunch and I'm just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh. So at the end of the, at the end of the date, he was like, yeah, so. I thought about what you asked and I decided I like for us to be together. And I'm like, okay. So now I have like, (laughs) I'm like checking out because you have taken three weeks. Like who takes three weeks to decide if they want to be with me or not? And so it's just so, it's just so interesting how like, you know, we have these certain expectations of people um, just because we've made a decision does not mean, and we thought it out does not mean that they have, you know, analyze the situation or they thought about it um, or they're at the same place. It's funny now, but it was not funny then. And yeah. My confidence definitely took a blow to get hit. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so embarrassing. But um, but it took me a minute to, after he said yes, it took me a minute to even say, like, like think about the fact that we're in a relationship now and how they even look. So um, eventually we kind of got it together. So we're, we're in this relationship, right? So one of the first conversations that we have in this relationship is, you know, I asked if he wanted any children because he's like 46, 47 at this point. He didn't have any children. And he said, yeah, I'd actually, you know, I'd like to have children. And so at this point, at, in my mind, anyone who was his age, anyone that I've dated this age, most men already had children. And if they didn't have children, it was because they didn't, they couldn't have children. So I was thinking he was sterile. Anyway, I was like, well, I can have kids. Shh, clearly, <laughs> I have my daughter. I can have kids. <laughs> I question you. But then at the same time, again, I, I think about the fact, again, I am over 35. I don't know what's going on with my eggs. I, all these doctors can't be wrong, right? So, you know, we had the conversation. I was like, look, you know, I'm 40. I don't know what the possibility is. Um, and so we decided that we wouldn't necessarily try to have a baby, but we wouldn't try to prevent it either. And so six months later, I hadn't gotten pregnant and I thought, oh my gosh, I really am barren. Like I'm sterile. I've got to be because I was thinking it it was just going to be so easy. It was so easy with my daughter. Granted, it's like 15 years later, but I just thought, well, maybe it would still happen. And so within that period, about six months later, I had that, that going on thinking I was barren, but I also 
felt like I wasn't fully connecting to Daryl, to my husband, my now husband. And it wasn't until I just, I had another like moment, like I did in my late twenties. I was like in the bathroom on a Sunday afternoon and I just started like broke down. and I just started crying. And I realized then that I had not fully processed my past relationship. And there was so much hurt and so much pain from that previous relationship. But again, I didn't take time to mourn it. I was with the person for 10 years and that's a long time. Whether mm-hmm. we got married or didn't, he was, yep. you know, a part of me. But when we broke it broke up for the last time, I was just like, I'm done. It's over. I'm just gonna keep it moving. And I did not just take time just to emotionally process it. So at that moment in the bathroom, like I'm like breaking down, bawling, and I realized like all of this is just coming out. I couldn't stop, couldn't stop. So I'm a Christian and I was like saying a prayer at the same time. I was like, and I don't even know where these words came from. I was just like, God, just help me just get over my past relationship, get that all out of me. And then help me to open my heart for my now husband and show me how to be the wife that he needs me to be. Because I knew he was a good guy. He really was a good guy. And then when I was done with that session, crying and bawling, I was just overcome with the greatest sense of peace that I have ever felt in my life. I knew at that point, like this is the person, Daryl was the person that I wanted to marry. When I tell you within three weeks, I was pregnant. I was pregnant (laughs) in three weeks. And that really, I truly believe was because I was holding on to so much hurt and pain um, and stress that my body was not in a place where I could conceive. Your body knows that something's going on when you're not at peace. It doesn't matter how much mentally you try to get over it. It's still there. You can't, you can't get over that. You have to release that. And I didn't. But once I did, I was pregnant immediately. Um, and then at that point, I was 40. And a couple months later, we were married and had our first son um, later on that year. And then we had our second son 20 months later. So wow. I had, yeah, I got married at 41, had first son at 41, and my second son at 43. Both naturally conceived, healthy babies, busy babies, <laughs> but um, <laughs> healthy. So for, 43, you had your second son. Yeah. I love that story. I love that story. And I love that you had that realization in the bathroom. What do you think prompted the realization. What's the one when I was in my twenties or when I was 40? When you were 40, like what prompted that? Like with the realization, cause you had a realization that you hadn't let go of your 10 year relationship, but where did that come from? Did something happen or did you just come become aware of it? Yeah. So my ex was actually in my ear at that point. He was just like kind of calling me. He was like, look, Hey, you know, I love you. You love me. Why don't we just get married? Um, and just make it work. I know what your issues are and you know what my issues are. Let's just get past, let's move on. And I was, you know, conflicted for a minute because he was not a bad person. He just was not in the right place when we met. And so he did things that were in violation of relationships. So it just, it just hurt. Mm. And the thought of being with him made me feel like my chest was filling up with air again. I just did not feel at peace, like making a decision, but I still cared about him. And so it was important for me, like to get him out of me, like to get all Mm. of that, all these emotions, all those feelings. And so that's, that's 
kind of what prompted it. It was almost like I, I almost went back and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't, but I almost did. And I was, I was confused and I was hurt and <laughs> like all that. And so it just kind of came to a head and in the bathroom, just kind of, I just broke down from there. Yeah. Well, it, it, it sounds like your husband, when you first met, when he wasn't your husband, is so much more in alignment with what you actually wanted as well. Like the family, the type of relationship, but I can totally relate to still being kind of energetically entwined. I love what you said when you said, let go. We actually did a summit on this, let go of your past relationship and learn to open your heart again. So what did opening your heart to your husband look like? What did it look like energetically? And what did it look like behaviorally? That's really interesting because I thought that I was like totally cool with him. I thought I was affectionate and all of that. But we had conversations, my husband and I, um, after that. And he said that he definitely noticed that I was way more affectionate after that. So I didn't know. So there was something that was there that was holding me back that he probably he could tell. Um, and he probably didn't know what it was either. But when I had that release, he could tell it. And I felt like more connected to him. Like I saw us being together. It was different that way. So now I'm talking a little bit more about future. I wasn't necessarily thinking that we were going to get married right away. I was like, you know, I still had gotten out of a relationship not too long after this. I wasn't in a rush, but when it happened and when I got pregnant and, you know, it definitely was a conversation and he was like, yeah, you know, I want us to get married. So I don't know what I did specifically. That's the thing. It's like some things you can't explain. It's just, you know, it's spiritual and it just happened. That's so fascinating as well. When you energetically shifted that energy, then you became pregnant. Yeah. It was that. crazy because after I had that moment in the bathroom, I actually was, I went to the Dominican Republic a couple of days after that. And I went with, not with my, my husband, but I went with two cousins. And I remember for me, it was different because that trip, um, I was just, again, I was like, I was like at peace. I didn't have any alcohol the whole time, which was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want any. But I was just like, I felt so good. And I felt so good in the relationship that I had um, back at home. And it couldn't, you know, in a way, wait to get to him. Versus when I was with my ex, whenever I would go out of town, I go on a trip. I would kind of be looking like, oh, like maybe I'll meet someone on this trip who will be like the man of my dreams. And I could leave, you know, this one. I really was thinking that. And then so the mindset was totally different when I went on this trip. And then I got back. And I was sick. I was sick because I had just traveled to another country and my body was not adjusting. I was going through some traveler stuff. So I was sick. So it did not occur to me at all that I was pregnant. But I'm sure it just happened like right before I left and maybe right after I got back. So I just, I do remember like that being different. Just, you know, like, yeah, this is the one. And I was totally at peace, totally not looking for anyone else, even though like I was meeting men while I was in another country. I just was like, I, I'm so not interested. Yeah. <laughs> so not interested. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely been in a relationship like that where you just like, you've got blinders on for your partner. You're not even, not even seeing other people aren't, is not even on your radar. And that's the first time that happened to me. Like I said, I had always done it before. Like maybe I'll meet the one on this one, <laughs> on yeah. this trip. Like maybe it happen. It's crazy. You shouldn't think that way. That should tell you something. That should tell you that that is not the relationship for you, but we're stubborn sometimes. Can I ask you what, when did you know that you, so you were dating your now husband before he was your husband, you were dating him for eight months and then you had the exclusivity chat. When did you know that you were in love with him? That night, that day in the bathroom, that day when I kind of broke down, we had 
said it before, but it was just kind of like we were saying it. And I actually felt it that day. And I thought like if I were to go back to my ex, that it made me really sad that I could not be with my husband. Like if I made that decision, I I felt like I would regret it. And so, yeah, I think I knew the moment in that bathroom. Like I felt like I was this close to making the wrong decision and that I almost would have lost him. Yeah, it, it, there's something in that, isn't there? When you're like, when you think about the possibility of life without him mm-hmm. and you're like, hang on. But there's so many layers of emotion and like you said, like past un- unresolved things in the way and I've been experiencing that myself a little bit too like just sifting through emotions that are quite clearly my own stuff and not somebody else's and and I I love what you said about people moving at different paces like with the you know him waiting three weeks to let you know if he wanted to be but I think that that's really great that you, you you stuck in there and so like you said you started to lose a bit of relationship steam after you were waiting that three weeks and you were just about to kind of give him the flick. And then he said that. <laughs> Great timing, by the way. Yeah. Were, like, how quickly were you able to turn the feeling of, you know, wanting to be with him back on after you turned it off? It was probably a week or two. And I say that because I remember, like, I kind of was like, okay, well, yeah, we can try having a relationship now. You know, I wasn't like super excited at this point. But I remember him calling me like a day or two later. He was like, okay, so you remember we had that discussion of being together? Like that meant like we're dating each other one-on-one, right? And I was like, yeah. And it was because I didn't call him. Like I just, it just took me a minute to be like, oh, okay, we're together. And so I was just kind of like chill. I was like, I was in chill mode. So I had to get back. Right. (laughs) But I do remember him asking me like, are we, are we really in a relationship? Because it's like, we're not like, (laughs) You're not talking to me that much. And and so yeah, it, it took me probably like a week or so to, to get there. Yeah. Going from <laughs> not talking every day to kind of like the relationship of talking every day and you're a priority. And yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it was when we became exclusive, that's when I introduced him to my daughter. Because again, before it was kind of like I was making arrangements either during the day while she was at school or I, you know, she'd go to my parents' house or something. But I didn't want to do that a lot. And so, you know, I was very protective of my time and my Mm. daughter and kind of like, well, this is not going to go anywhere. Then, you know, I need to kind of move on. But yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So let's, so you had all these dreams. um, You're you're a lawyer. You have all these amazing um, things that you've achieved that you were expecting in your 20s that you received in your 40s. Um, I love that you have had you know, more than half of your children are at plus 40. So let's talk about that. Like, I know that you started a a podcast called Pregnancy After 40. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I got pregnant with my son at 40, the first son, so obviously I was excited at first, but then the reality hit as well. Again, the statistics of things happening, are you going to miscarriage? Are you going to have a healthy baby? Like all of that. So I was super, super nervous throughout my pregnancy. And uh, my husband was like, well, you know, you should write those things down. And so I would write like little blogs, little articles, that kind of thing. Um, But I never shared it anywhere because I was just terrified that this may not go through. So when my son was born um, and he was fine, uh, but when he was about a week old, I'll never forget. I was like sitting down 
in the sofa and I'm nursing him in one hand. I have my phone in the other. <laughs> and I just started a pregnancy after 40 group because now I'm like, okay, like, <laughs> like everything is okay. And it's okay. And I wanted to create a space for women to be encouraged and supported on this journey because we hear again so much of what can go wrong, but it can totally happen and it can be good. And so maybe a year later, I started a podcast because now I've got like a couple thousand members in this group. And I was like, why don't I just start taking some of these stories and sharing them with people? And so now the group itself has about 9,000 members. And, you know, we have podcasts with just so many women just sharing their story, everyone who is 40 and up who have had babies and just the different ways, whether it's naturally, whether it's with IVF, IUI, egg donors, um, sperm donors, like the whole game is surrogacy. And so it's just a place for women just to be encouraged. It can happen. And it's not as scary as everyone makes it out to be. Are there miscarriages? Yes. But can you miscarry in your 20s? Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, now every week in the group, there's an announcement of at least eight to 12 women that had babies. And so it's consistent. And so there are women from all over the world, literally all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a safe place for them to come. So yeah, that's that's what it's all about. I love that. Thank you so much for supporting that community because I think there is a lot. And, you know, um, as someone who's in their late 30s, you definitely get, who also wants to have children, you definitely get those looks of, and, and people kind of giving you, when you say you want to have kids in your late 30s, early 40s, people giving you that look and unsolicited advice of, oh, you know, it's harder. Like you've never heard it before. <laughs> and you're uh-huh. like, oh, thanks for that. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so nice to hear that there are lots of women and I'm in a lot of those groups as well. And um, I'm going to get into your group. And definitely I would like to hear these encouraging stories because it can happen and it does happen a lot. And there's a lot of healthy women and couples who have babies naturally as well as assisted. And I think there's... Absolutely. Um, there seems to be some people that have like some aversion to assisted pregnancy. Do you know why that m- might be? Have you heard any of that in your group or do you have any opinion on that? So um, I, I've talked to some women who have more of a visceral reaction to egg donors. Yes. And it's because they feel like genetically that that's not their baby, even though they're carrying the baby. Um, they feel like this baby doesn't have any of my DNA. What if the the mother, the donor, you know, has mental health issues? And so I've heard those conversations. I did an interview with a woman and she had an egg donor and the egg donor was her niece. So at least there was some DNA, some shared DNA. And she had, you know, a talk with her brother and, you know, the mom, be sure it was okay. And they gave her the blessing. And so her niece was the egg donor. She was 51 when she had her baby. Wow. And so, yeah, I just saw on Facebook that her daughter just turned like five. And so. <laughs> wow. Amazing. amazing. That is amazing. I um, I follow a fertility doctor. There, she posted on Instagram a while ago that it was the oldest frozen egg that they'd had. Their baby was, the egg was from before I was born, from like 80, mm. 81. Wow. Right. Yeah. And the, and they just had the baby now. So the, the wow. egg was actually older than the mother of the baby. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Isn't that like, doesn't that just blow your mind? I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, the, the possibilities now. Okay. So when I meet women like you, I'm like, in my mind, like you have so much time. (laughs) Yeah. And it is really lovely to hear that because I do hear, particularly from women saying, look, relax, there's, there is time. But I mean, I guess, you know, the feeling of the biological clock ticking and that there is that, there's certainly that pressure as well. Um, for me, it's it's um, it's not so much the after forty thing. It's the you know how our bodies change after forty, and it's harder to lose weight, and it's more demanding, and sometimes you have back pain. <laughs> so you're like, so you're like, there's just all these other things to consider that um, you know, and then your body's going to change dramatically, and then it's got to bounce back, and you'll have a newborn when that's happening. So. There's a lot of things. What happened with your career when you had your children? So that's very interesting. Um, At this point, I had been practicing law for over 10 years. And to be honest with you, I've been kind of doing the same thing for like a good 10. So I was kind of at the point, like I knew what I was doing. I was good with what I was doing, but I was also kind of bored. And so like taking this on, the pregnancy after 40, that became like something that was very inspirational for me career-wise. And we started in it a business, um, you know, again, with the podcast, monetizing things. When I was in my 20s, before I went to law school during that two-year period in which I was dating, and I felt like this dating scene is really bad. At that point, I actually started creating a dating agency, a dating service. Like I had done like brochures and a website and all of that because I was like, it's just going to be tough. I was thinking it might be tough. Uh, but I put it to the back burner, I put it to the side because going to law school was always a priority. So I did that. And I fast forward <laughs> in my 40s. Last year, I actually launched a matchmaking service. So I work with really or highly successful women who have focused on their careers for a good part of their lives, for their 20s and their 30s. And I, now I talk to so many women who six, seven figures, just like amazingly well women they like they're like perfect on paper and so so I have a good day in my natural network my professional network of knowing like lawyers and judges and doctors and all of that and so it makes it a really good fit for a lot of the women that I work with because they're already because I have people who are already on their level professionally and now it's just a matter of getting them connected with someone um, who has similar values. And so I love doing that. I actually became certified in matchmaking, which I don't think I had done the last time with the time that we actually connected, um, but I've launched that. And so it's been amazing. And so for me, 40 was just a really defining moment. 40 is the age where kind of like, we're too old to be young, too young to be old. <laughs> and Sometimes we have been doing things for a long time and we're not we're not excited about it anymore. Mm. And so, you know, my thing was rethinking and redesigning your life after 40, you know, because so many things happened to me after 40. I got married, I had children and started this new business and had been, you know, through this journey. And when you become 40, I, you know, firmly believe that everyone has a story. You know, you may not be where you want to be, but you have a story that you can share. And I love that I'm able to connect with women because I meet so many women again who are, you know, in their 40s. And they have like they're perfect on paper, but they, you know, they want they want a partner and they want children. Mm. So I'm able to really connect with them, like, hey, just just you know, slow down for a minute. And really teaching them how to date and date the right way. Stop, 
being in a rush because it'll happen. And sometimes in the process, you push people away because you want it to happen. You want it to happen now because you're like, my eggs are going to get old. And so I love having those conversations. And I love that, you know, I can actually show, you know, I've gotten married over 40. I've had children over 40 and, you know, you can too, but listen, we're going to have to rethink your approach to dating because if you've made it this far, there, there's some adjustments you probably need to make. And so I have a whole framework that I take women through. And because I do work with so many uh, professionals, um, executives, that kind of thing, you know, I align it to business. Some of the same principles that you use in business, some of the principles that you use to make you successful in your career profession, taking some of those same, same principles and applying them to dating and relationships. And um, if you know you're in a business, you understand systems and processes. So it's really aligned with that. I mean, it makes perfect sense. And you're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just about really about being intentional because our love lives, our partners, they're such a serious part of our, of our lives. And we're so intentional about going to school, going to college, making a lot of money, starting business, but we're not intentional about our love lives. We just let it happen randomly. And you can't do that anymore. If you don't want to continue wasting time and running on that hamster wheel, you've got to be intentional about it. And so that's what I, what I share with women. And this is how you do it. These are steps you can, you know, you can follow steps, right? Yeah. (laughs) To make her, I feel like there is just such a huge need for this. This is just so incredibly important. I want to, just before we wrap up, I want to ask you, is there any last words of advice for any women over 40 or any people over 40 who are wanting to get married and have a family and, you know, start that journey? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, again, you can just use my story and to so many other people that is definitely possible. Um, and, you know, I always encourage people, like what I just said, just be intentional about what you want and focus on it, right? It's not about being desperate. It's about being determined. And focus on how to do it right. It's definitely possible. Get your body right now. <laughs> There's certain things that you should be doing to prepare your body so you're at optimal health. Mm-hmm. If you do decide to have children, um, whether it's IVF or naturally, you want to be at a really healthy level. So, you know, there's things you can be doing now to prepare for that. Focus on that. And as opposed to just, just getting the man, like focus on you and make sure that you're in the right place. Make sure that you have process any hurt or pain that you've experienced in the past and and learn how to really cope because at this age you have 20 to 25 years more worth of stress of bad eating of alcohol all of this so you have to purge and cleanse emotionally mentally and physically totally possible but it's just the right way to get there Oh my gosh, Samika, thank you so much for being here. This has just been so amazing. I really, really appreciate it. Um, if people want to get in touch with you and they want to find out more about your programs, how can they do that? Sure. So you can type in my full name. Website is TamikaMichelleJohnson.com. The agency website is MyPlatinumConnections.com. The agency that I have is Platinum Connections. So you can find it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, you can find all the links mentioned in this episode at rebellove.com forward slash EP52. Tamika, thank you again. This has been such an incredible episode and I think it is so incredibly needed. Um, and it's been really, really helpful for me personally as well. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. 
Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, and relationships. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast. That was so good. Oh my God. I felt like you were like speaking right to me. There was just so many things that you said that I was like, holy shit.